Hello Cubs fans, my name is Sean Sears and I'll be filling in for Ryan Davis on today's Lockdown Cubs episode. On uh, today's Thursday episode, we'll recap the Cubs' tough 5-3 loss to the Cardinals. We'll dive into Tyler Shatwood's performance, some of the good, some of the bad. Um, kind of more bad, unfortunately. Um, and then we'll t- kind of take a quick look at the NL Central and we'll wrap up today's episode. So, um, If you don't know me, my name is Sean. I've covered a couple of these episodes now. I'm a writer for Fansided, MLB's side. I'm a massive Cubs fan. I've written for Regular Report and Sports Mockery, uh, now focusing on Fansided. And I have a podcast called The 312 that is live on the radio every Saturday from 2 to 3 on WCGO 1590 in Evanston. And I am coming on today to talk to you about some Chicago Cubs, clearly. Um, last night's game. Let's dive into this here a little bit. Pretty disappointing game, honestly. The cold is seemingly just killing the Cubs, and you can just see it in the Cubs players how just cold they've been playing at Wrigley Field. And understandably, it was freezing last night. Uh, you can see the hoods and everything like that's going through here. But looking at this game so far, the biggest thing you're looking at right now is the Cubs really didn't string too many hits together until later in that game when you know Javi Baez hit this three-run home run. But of course, the Cubs. Went down early 2-0 to the Cardinals in the third inning. Tyler Chatwood struggled with these walks. He finished the day going four and two-thirds innings with seven walks and seven strikeouts. He is downright filthy. There's a gif going around right now on Twitter where he's got, it looks like a two-seamer potentially. that just spins completely from the outside portion of the plate all the way to the middle of the plate and freezes Tommy Pham. Uh, he's got filthy stuff. He's got the stuff to make that work. You know, we've talked about his spin rate before and how the rotations just make his stuff incredibly devastating in moments. But he has zero control over it. Just can't seem to harness that control and be effective in those moments. And that's why he left this game early and it forced the Cubs to throw four relievers beyond after him, I believe. I know we have, of course, a fallen with Steve Chichak. It was actually technically five, including Murrow as well. Um, but, you know you got to have better starts than the Cubs. I, the Cubs have yet to have a starter to go past the sixth inning. They need these guys, not necessarily to be deep and going complete games, but they need five to six innings from these guys. They need solid six innings from some, from these starters. The Cubs have the bullpen arms to make this work and let these, you know, none of these starters really reach 200 innings, which I don't think the Cubs really want any of them doing. Um, they've got it, and they can utilize it, but if they're going to overtax this bullpen early, they're going to be in some trouble. Uh, moving on here from the second inning, though, of course, Chatwood got lifted. The Cubs, for the most part, pitched pretty well. There were some moments where, you know, things kind of didn't necessarily go their way, particularly when Strope stepped into the game, unfortunately. But, you know, Steve Cichek has done a fantastic job. I am in love with Cichek. He just fits the role. He does anything that Joe Madden needs him to do. He can close games. He can come in the fourth inning. He can come in the fifth. He can be a setup guy. He just fits any role, and his stuff is so good. He's got reverse splits. No one left-handed or right-handed hits his stuff very well, and his arm angle just makes it very difficult to pick up on these pitches. Um, you talk about Carl Edwards who came in, struck out the side, looked fantastic. Pedro Strupp comes in, gives up that home run to Paul DeJong, DeJong, however you say his name. I believe it's DeJong. Um, <laughs> um, he gives up the home run to, to the Cardinals there, and then they score two more runs here, just kind of hitting him around a little bit. He gives up three hits, he walks a guy, that leadoff walk is killer. Um, after the after of course the home run, Strope just wasn't sharp. Uh, clearly, Pedro Strope, not a guy necessarily we're concerned about. I'm sure the cold made it really hard for him to command those pitches, and you could kind of see his controls all over the place. When it's that cold, you can't feel your fingertips. You're not going to have a good grip on the ball. We saw with Strope unfortunately last night. Um, Dunson comes in, cleans up the mess here a little bit, gets give up a hit. Um, the unearned run goes to of course Strope, 
and the Cardinals take a 5-1 lead. Um, Morrow looked pretty solid, had a strikeout, it did walk a guy, but, you know, cleared out the innings or whatnot, and then coming into the eighth inning after Stroke gave up those three runs, uh, Javi Baez clubs a two-run home run, and the Cubs threaten. Uh, they had bases loaded, and Jason Hayward unfortunately strikes out with the bases loaded. It's tough. The Cubs just don't seem to have the bats going right now, clearly, and it feels like in moments when they absolutely need a hit, they just can't seem to push it through. Um, it unfortunately is what it is in moments. I'm sure that's going to turn around. Hopefully, warmer weather kind of heats up these bats. But right now, the Cubs are just cold, you know. And credit to the Cardinals, they fought through it. I mean, they only had seven hits, but the Cubs walked, I believe, ten batters yesterday. And I mean, ten free batters—that's not going to do you any good. The Cubs, I believe, on themselves, walked six times, thanks to Kyle Schwarber going twice. Uh, Addison Russell worked a walk. Rizzo, of course, worked a walk. So did Bryant. But you look at the rest of the guys, Javi Baez had three home runs, or three hits. Wilson Contreras, Addison Russell, Jason Hayward. Those are the other people that had hits. Everyone else held hitless yesterday. Um, that can't happen. You can't, <laughs> can't expect half your hits to come from one person. And you can't expect your offense to come from Javier Baez. I mean, he's been great, and he's been able to club the ball, and it seems like when Javi starts going, the rest of the club followed a few times, but now we're seeing games where it's complete blowouts, and, you know, the two or three runs that the Cubs do score, Javi buys, you know, home runs. That can't happen. The Cubs have to start driving in these runs. Of course, the first game back here for Rizzo, he didn't look bad, but he didn't necessarily look like himself. Uh, still probably working his way through. Chris Bryant uncharacteristically struck out twice yesterday. Schwarber with a two walk strikes out twice. The Cubs just did not get productive outs, and they didn't do anything with the bases on, with runners on base. Unfortunately, um, that's that's really the difference there. Really, when you walk ten guys and the Cardinals have bats that are hitting and consistently hitting, I mean, you've got guys throughout the lineup. I mean, Matt Carpenter was great yesterday. He was on, ended up getting two hits and three RBIs. Uh, you know. What can you what can you do? There's not much <laughs> there's not much more that needs to be said. Really, the Cubs just gotta hit. And if they do hit and hit with the runners and, and scoring position, just hit with the runners on, you know, things get different. Things become wins likely. This game was a very winnable game. Unfortunately, the Cubs just did not have the bats to make it work. Kind of coming back to Tyler Chatwood here, I want to talk a little bit about some of his struggles because Chatwood has done some very impressive things. Right now in the season, he's got a strikeout per nine innings over 10. I believe it's 10.34. He is mowing batters down, just destroying them when he's finally got his command and he's working these guys and, you know, his fastball and his, two, not his two-seamer, excuse me, his fastball and his curveball look very similar eerily similar just because he releases from the same spot and when he does that the rotations are so hard to pick up it looks like the same pitch until you know one starts breaking or one starts you know keeps going towards the plate um the issue has been the walks tyler chatwood has an 8.04 balls per nine innings he is walking so many guys close to the same amount of guys that he is striking out only two points lower essentially the other thing too is you look at his opponent's batting average at 237 uh, not terrible, you know. That's 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 pretty solid. Excuse me, 233. Not bad. You know, teams are not really squaring him up. It seems like, and he is making guys miss. And you know, he's doing the things that you'd expect him to do. But when the guys do put the ball in play, uh, teams are batting 317. Unfortunately, that's not going to cut it. When the, they are getting a hold of his balls, when they are able to hit him, if a lot of times it's a hung hung pitch or a fastball that's not located correctly, and you know. 
this is kind of what Chatwood ran into last year. On the season so far, he's got a 4.60 ERA in 15 and two-thirds innings, three starts essentially. There's a lot to work with here, and there's a lot of promising things. Chatwood's ground ball rate right now is about 50%. He is having a lofted ball rate of about 75.2%. Home run fly ball rate 6.7. That's the lowest so far, Mark. That would be if that were to end his year. If he were to end the year, that would be the lowest mark of his career. Um, you know, the, obviously he pitched in Coors Field, so that number is going to be inflated. Um, but he's hovered around like a 10 to 12% majority of his career. Um, so far, he's not giving up a lot of long balls, and that's good. His hard contact rates are impressive. Um, maybe not impressive, but encouraging. He's not getting a ton, about 19%, but he's getting a lot of medium contact, about 60% of his pitches. Um, that's up almost 10% from last year. Good news is the hard contact is down about 10% from last year. So he's not getting hit hard. And that's impressive. Um, his stuff is hard to square up, to be perfectly honest. It moves so much, and it's hard to rotate. And even then, you've really just got to be on that pitch because, you know, even if you just get a portion of the bat on the ball, depending where it is, if it's a lower part of the bat, it's going to go right in the ground. If you don't catch catch it up with the top of the bat, it's going to pop up or go right back in the catcher's mitt. So he has a lot of intangibles, and there's a lot of peripheral stats that are encouraging. And as a fifth starter, Tyler Chatwood, it's tough to really kind of beat him right now in a rotation that isn't, you know, the Houston Astros, Yankees, Boston, things like that. Um, he's encouraging. He's a guy that you want to work with, but he's got to get a hold of his command. Um, Ryan Davis had two interesting things here this last couple days. Um, first one, he said actually on my podcast this last Saturday, um, pitchers that experience issues with Tommy John or have Tommy John surgery are normally their number one concern is that they will never have as good of control of the pitches that they did prior to that surgery. That's kind of an alarming thing for a guy like Tyler Chatwood, who's his main MO has been that he's got filthy stuff, he just can't control it. He's already had control issues. Now that he's coming back from Tommy John surgery, showed last year he can do just fine. Pitched 147 innings, close to 150, you know, that's solid. What can you what can you expect from that from a guy coming back from Tommy John? But if the control isn't there, we're gonna probably see more of the same. Even if he is pitching in Wrigley Field. You know, the ball might not fly for him and he might be able to keep the ball on the ground, but if he's gonna walk every other person. It's not going to help the Cubs any 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 bit if he's going to walk two runners and then strike out two guys and then you know give up a single and give up two runs. It's unfortunately you know that's kind of what Chatwood has to do. He's got to pull himself together. He's got to compose himself on the mound. He's got to get a hold of his pitches and figure out where they're going. Unfortunately, he just doesn't know where they're going to go. And for a reliever like a guy like maybe like Dylan Maples or even like some like Carlos Marmol to throw it back here, you can be effective and short burst and limited moments when you don't have to go up against the same pitcher or same hitters over and over and over again or continue to find your control in your zone for four five six seven innings um, but when you do clearly it's likely not going to go very well so that's kind of my big gripe with tyler chatwood and ryan davis the second thing he said on twitter yesterday was you know tyler chatwood can be fantastic he can be a very solid pitcher but man does he have to control and command the strike zone. I haven't seen that yet from him. Even just taking a look at his last outing with the uh, the Cubs here against Pittsburgh, gave up five runs over five hits in five innings. It used to be nine hits, five runs over five innings. Jeez. Um, only walked one guy, though. Had seven strikeouts. That was a game that kind of eventually got away from him a little bit. Um, but I honestly thought he looked a little bit better in that game than he did in his first game against the Reds, where he only gave up a single run, but he walked six guys. Uh, he just 
if the walks are going to continue to persist here in such high amounts, you know, unfortunately, Tyler Chatwood's going to be nothing more than just really a, a so-so fifth starter. And, you know, even then, that's not terrible. But his potential, I mean, we see it. Everyone sees it. It's very, very apparent. You can just watch Tyler Chatwood pitch and realize this kid's got some stuff. I say kid, he's 27 years old. But um, he's still got room to grow. He's got a really good pitching coach and Jim Hickey. He's got an excellent, excellent de- defensive infield behind him. Just kills me that he wasn't trying to pitch more towards contact. It's uh, like, and you know, maybe that's who Chatwood is. Maybe he just feels more confident when he's got his stuff spinning and going. And that's what you want. You want your guy to be confident. But you know, also think about the circumstances. It's freezing out. No one's going to drive a ball very far today. The wind's pushing in for the most part. And maybe it's a little bit of crosswind as we went through Wrigley last night. Try and put the ball on the ground. You've got two very good middle infielders and very solid corner infielders, and also a really good outfielder in right field and a pretty solid outfielder in center field in Ian Happ. Just, you know, think about the situation you're in and try and pitch towards your strengths. I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. That's what I would have done, unfortunately. But, you know, it's frustrating. Easy to see Chatwood being a successful pitcher, but right now if he's going to walk just as many guys as he's striking out, what's the point? All right, so quickly we're going to take a look at the NL Central so far today here. Of course, with the Cubs losing to the Cardinals, they dropped now three games back in first place uh, at 7-8. and eight. Cardinals jumped to 10-7 and seven and only a game back at Pittsburgh, who did lose yesterday to the Rockies. They lost 2-0 in what looked like just the most awful game to be pitching in or playing in and just in general. Ugh. It was a 2-0 win. Uh, it was raining, snowing. It was literally coming down so hard. I mean, you, the pictures from that game are probably useless uh, because you literally just covered in rain and snow and whatnot. But tough game. Uh, Rockies take one from the from the Pirates here. And then the Brewers won against Cincinnati 2-0 as well. So the Brewers now at 9-9 are 2.5 back. The Pirates stay just a game up on everyone here and at 11 and 6, still holding on to the division. The Pirates now, of course, without Josh Harrison, they're looking like a team that's a little more vulnerable now. Their pitching hasn't been fantastic in the last couple outings. Uh, the Pirates aren't hitting as well as they were before. They're kind of looking like a team that's going to be pushing back towards the bottom portion of the NL Central like we all kind of expected, um, which is a bummer because I actually like seeing Pittsburgh hit and They've got a really talented outfield, probably one of the best outfields in baseball. They've got some impressive middle infielders or corner infielders that I like. So, um, but you know the the class of this division right now, it's I mean it's it should be the Cubs. Unfortunately, it's not right now. Uh, St. Louis looks like one of the better teams out here. Their bullpen is uh, clearly. I mean, Greg Holland served up a great pitch to Javi Baez to crush into the outfield. And, you know, that's kind of on Greg Holland as he struggles to find himself in the Cardinals' bullpen. But Bud Norris looked good. Uh, they've got a lockdown portion with Bud Norris. I think he's the guy you want to roll with through the rest of the year for the time being at least. They've got some good relievers on that team. I like Leon. I thought he was impressive. Uh, you know, uh, this team, uh, the Cubs really, they aren't much worse than any of these guys, clearly. Uh, it's just that they're not executing. They're not following through with what they should be doing offensively. Their pitching has been so-so to start the season. Their bullpen has had few meltdowns, but for the most part has been probably their strongest portion of this team so far. But, you know, if they have to keep rolling to it early, it's going to be a tough time. But right now with the Cubs only having one more game of the series with the rain out or postponement uh, on Monday, uh, you know, you got to take this game and you got to go to Colorado and hope you don't 
just get lit up in a stadium that is just not built for a Cubs team that doesn't have the best starting pitching. But, hey, you know what? Maybe the Cubs open up the bats and just go out and crush them and the the Rockies and, you know, maybe the offense figures itself out and we see 10 home runs this weekend or something like that. Who knows? A kid can dream, right? A kid can dream. But, you know, big thing here, you got to take this game. you you got to win these division games here right now because it's going to be a tight race for the for the next couple months here just the way things are shaked out right now no one's going to really take a massive advantage unless they can really just sweep them uh them being the the cardinals of the brewers so uh they've got to take advantage of this game take the win get it today and you know move on here and hopefully you hope for a better weekend against the the rockies All right, well, that's going to do it for me here, guys. I appreciate you tuning in today. Check out the Lockdown Cubs podcast for tomorrow as Ryan will be recapping this series-ending game with the Cardinals. Um, And as well, listen to the 312 podcast. We just had Ryan Davis on actually last Saturday talking about the Cubs. Um, We will be live this upcoming Saturday on WCGL 1590. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn App Radio. And, of course, follow my writing um, at Fansider. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean R. Sears. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and go Cubbies!